Hello, hello. Welcome back to the CTO studio. I, of course, am your host, Nikolai Walker, on the mic and in your ear. My favorite place to be with the content you want and the content you need. Now, we are part three of our six-part segment here with our guest, Jeff Miller. We are talking about relationships in business. We are talking about creating an ecosystem of transparency, meeting people where they are at. And we are talking about building relationships and how relationships are not an exact science and they're not machines. So I'll have Etienne gratefully just take over this portion. Yet this is a really, really important segment, I think, to listen to because it's about how do you we're so barraged by the need for the need to test efficiency that I think we lose ourselves in relationships because we're comparing them to efficiency and those two things don't mix. I know, I know a lot of times we want to imitate. And I think this is what you talked about with the, 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 the duplication. Cause I think this is why blog posts and books are so popular, right? Because Elon Musk built a rocket and, whatever he says is obviously the way in which I have to solve problems or I have to build business. I watched an interesting YouTube video on vacation about he just rattles off five things about how you build a company or, you know, uh, more specifically a production, a manufacturing process. And he, he rattles off five things that you should absolutely do, which he's obviously learned from Tesla and all that. And I just found myself like, oh shit, I have to write this down. Like, you know, I, you know, th- I have to imitate this. I have to, to do this. And and I think the the brilliant point you're making is is it's he's he's saying those five things from a mindset, and so I can duplicate those five steps all I want. But if I miss out on the mindset, then, then then I I'm I'm not saying you might not fail, but it might not have the outcome that you were hoping for. Yeah, I think that's spot on because you're going to get something from Elon and those five things are probably super valuable. But what's even more valuable is to take from the mindset of like, where did he come up with those five things? Where is he looking? And how does that relate to what you want to do? Because it's going to be different, right? So, you know, taking that and be like, okay, how does this work for ETN? And I got it. And maybe it's four things for you. Maybe it's six things. Maybe they're close in relation. But to your point, it's really what are you driving for? Like what's in front of you? And how does it relate to your, you know, higher level mission and purpose of what you're doing? And I, I think why why I kind of am lingering on this point is because of our industry's tendency to uh, model things, adopt best practice process try and bring predictability into uh, this creative world of software development and and really being frowned upon if you if you do something that just slightly veers outside of the oh has this been done before who has done this before what do you mean you're just make you know making up your own process these I feel like scientists are, don't like that world. They're like, well, what is the, the predefined SOP for doing something? And we fall into this trap, which I think, like you said, the practicality, that stuff all robs us from saying, hang on, why are we doing two-week sprints? Like how the whole, if you poll a thousand CTOs, 999 are going to say, yeah, we do two-week sprints. So, okay, I'm going to do two-week sprints, but really are 
are you thinking about why you're doing it and and how is how how does your company culture be its best self inside of these frameworks and processes that you're bringing in as CTO and and that's why I like this linger because this really curiosity uh, apart from killing the cat also invites us into this 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 other way of thinking for the benefit of the organization yeah and look like there's a reason why i remember curiosity killing the cat and it speaks to what you just spoke to is everybody's afraid to not do those things so fear will only take you so far it's like putting diesel into a ferrari you're going to get to where you need to get to if it's short term but once you go 20 miles in the diesel, the Ferrari is going to break down. And so curiosity to me, it's an empowering, you know, uh, take the boundaries off, take the constraints off and really explore where you can't do that from a fear-based way. And that phrase is does is meant to instill fear, right? Curiosity killed the cat. Like, don't be curious. I'm pretty sure my parents told me that. I was I was raised that way. But didn't satisfaction bring the bring him back? No, from day one, it's like don't be curious. Don't be curious. And again, the adults fear, and I don't know. Maybe maybe experience is a. Maybe you pour experience over the flames of curiosity to douse out that fire. Like, you know what? I've been there, I've done that. I've seen how this play ends. So, you know, don't do it. And and as a dad to my kids, I I and I'm sure you do this as well. It's like 101 times where you don't say something because you know how this plays out, but you realize they need to see that for themselves. Or we're making an assumption about how it's going to play out and maybe it'll play out differently for them, but we're already kind of hardened over to it. Right. Yeah. And, and I think at the end of the day, like, yes, we're not going to like encourage our kids to put their hand in an actual fire, but a lot of other things I'll let it slide, like go and like skateboard without your pads. See what happens, you know, like they got to experience it. And I think there's a, a little bit difference when we talk about parenting versus empowering an organization, right? I think, unfortunately, a lot of people don't look at that. Managers are like the parents. Leaders are more like the support and the guide. But you really, as a leader, as a CTO, you don't have the time or the bandwidth to do all the doing. And yet, most CTOs and most highly executive people are taught to hold it within and not empower others for fear, right? Oh, well, if they can do it, then I'm not as marketable or I'm not going to have my job. On the contrary, if you empower your team, your organization, you will probably be the head of that company and other companies. So again, when you look at fear and curiosity, I think it's a little bit of both, right? We uh, Some healthy constraints of, yeah, maybe some standard operating procedures are useful. But to your point, are two-week sprints useful? Maybe, maybe not. But to your point, if 99% are doing it and aren't questioning it, that to me is the red flag.
Yeah, and and uh, I had a good, I had a chat with a security expert recently, um, and he brought up this very same point where he talked about two-factor authentication, which which is completely hackable and is not a solution to the login problem. But most CTOs are like, well, if Twitter can do it and Facebook's doing it, then they they must be doing it, so I'm doing it. So so the curiosity goes down. Well, how does it actually work? You know, is it it's how does multi-factor authentication, what does it actually mean? when you implement that and if you go to the wiki page and you read about that you realize that it's not just sending a text or a code or a it, it, it's it's really meant to be two completely different mediums of verification and so if the one is on a web page and the other one is just a text then you're still in the same quadrant so you're not really doing what it was originally meant to be and so in that rather convoluted example, the CTO is like, I'm curious, like why, how do I improve the security in my system? Or why is everyone using this particular method? And how does that benefit us? And to start asking that. But like you said, I think the desire for efficiency, the urgency to get to market, the, the, just the overflow of, of support issues and bugs and and you know hiring and retaining talent i mean all that stuff says you don't have any time to be curious you just, you just have to like let's move on let's have the the other people or the kids be curious you need you got real work to do yeah and i would definitely say you don't have any time to not be curious if you're not curious what exactly are you doing and look like it's going to take someone like I don't know this for sure, but if you look at every great athlete, every great innovator, every great company, it took one jackass to question things. One annoying person who said, wait a sec, what are we doing here? When was the last time we asked why or what for do we do this stuff? And that causes a ripple and at least examines the process. Now, maybe you still do it, and then you have extra buy-in of why you do it. But a lot of times, it changes the game, right? Um, you know, you mentioned Giannis and Kobe, right? Like, they did things different. Uh, Kobe Bryant did things different. Um, it, it changed the evolution of basketball, right? And changed the definition of an athlete. Um, talk about Kobe Bryant, and as far as, like, his legacy, a lot of his legacy is empowering uh, the female game the WNBA and his love for systems, the great coach at UConn's women basketball, like that whole thing has transcended this and has transcended the WNBA and how players relate to that. So to me, it's, it starts with the curiosity, right? And, and Kobe's legacy of getting into entertainment and production and producing films and podcasts that still live on today. If he just, you know, to use a, a, a quote from terrible times of shutting up and dribbling, right? Which is basically, I don't have time to be curious. We just got to get things done. It's the same logic. Um, then all these things would be for now. So if we all 
question what we're doing in a healthy way and really took a look, it could create a lot of great ripple effects in CTOs, but and also in our world. started it but I this when it comes to American sports I struggle but I but we we went camping this weekend uh, this week well this we just came back from a campground where which was a stone's throw away from Kobe Bryant's Newport Beach estate Crystal Cove which is Laguna Beach area just so I had a lot of Kobe Bryant in my head this weekend so yeah, maybe TikTok knew that I was close to his house. I would imagine there's probably an algorithm for that. Yeah, there's an algorithm for everything. So the the one thing I like to challenge myself with is is this phrase "What if?" and and I'm now wondering if that is a nice gateway into just the curi- the curiosity or the beginner's mindset, which is. What if we didn't do two weeks or what if this problem that's being brought to me wasn't really a problem or what if the constraints were different? Is that, you know, let, let's speak to a CTO who listens to this and says, oh my goodness, I am nowhere near what these guys are talking about. What? You know, I think in my naivete, I usually coach people to say, well, just start asking what if questions and just start exploring that realm of possibility. Uh, but but what are some other things that you've seen where uh, people who understand that this is an issue in their leadership style, um, what what's, what's the next thing that they can do to start fostering that in the workplace? Well, I think that's a great, great place to put a pin in this conversation, and we'll be back next week, and we will continue it with part four. So please, please, please go subscribe to the podcast available in iTunes. Go ahead and support 7CTOs.com. Go check out Jeff Miller's LinkedIn page. And remember, our 7CTOs peer groups are digging deeper and deeper into this content and sharing their challenges around the role of CTO. So if you're looking for more or to continue this conversation, join us at 7CTOs.com forward slash call. We'll see you again next week.